0: Well hello everybody and welcome to the Weirdly Magical podcast and this is the um, full moon edition for the full moon um, in Libra at zero degrees and I am Lou. I'm an astrologer, soul astrologer and writer of um, a blog on medium.com and also modern astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose. And you can find me at louiseeddington.com or Google my name, Louise Eddington.
1: Hi, and I'm Jen. I'm an Akashic reader and healer, a numerologist, teacher, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards and offering guidance
0: to inspire your own
1: genius. And uh, you can find me at com.
0: And we both offer, I offer astrology readings and I also have a Patreon. And uh, Jen, you offer
1: readings, Akashic, numerology, combination, illuminating cards. I also do workshops, parties and monthly reports.
0: I mean, support, not reports. <laughs> we do a lot. Basically. <laughs> so basically. We don't just do the podcast, in other words. But anyway before we dive into the energies of the of this upcoming full moon um i do want to mention a couple little bit of housekeeping if you enjoy the podcast we'd love it if you would subscribe at your favorite podcast provider and or go to itunes and give us a review hopefully a five-star review because uh, reviews help the podcast to become more visible on itunes Uh, Plus, we would love to announce that we also now have a Weirdly Magical podcast, Patreon. Um, For just $5 a month, you can support our podcast and we'll be introducing special patron-only content moving forward. So that's patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. And lastly, on each episode, we are going to feature a listener question. Questions need to be emailed to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random on each episode. No personal details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name. So email your questions and you might get featured on the on a podcast episode. Um. So now diving into the energies, a little overview. First of all, I mentioned that the moon is at zero degrees of Libra on this full moon. And a, new, a full moon sorry, is in opposition, which means the sun and the moon are at the opposite points of the, um, of the astrology chart. And that means the sun is at zero degrees of Aries. Now, the sun is conjunct Chiron. On this uh, lunation. Um, there's also some other interesting energies around the chart that we're going to talk about. There's not any kind of exact um, major aspects other than the to conjunction to Chiron, of course. Uh, there is a semi-sextile um, aspect to Uranus that is newly moved into Taurus. But we're going to talk about the energy of 23 degrees and the energy that's just hovering around 23 degrees. Because actually on the full moon, we have Jupiter at 23 degrees Sagittarius, um, Venus at 23 Aquarius, Vesta at 23 Pisces, Eris at 23 Aries. Mars at 23 Taurus, but we also have a lot of other energies um, at 24 and 25 that will be moving to that 23 degree mark. So we'll be talking about all of that as well um, because that's really significant for this month. Um, so, is there anything else we need to mention or should we just dive in? I think we'll dive in. Jen, why don't you start? I think, pulled, I think Jen's pulled a card to start with.
1: Yes, I've pulled a card. And so the card from the Illuminating Journey deck is number 31, Soul Portal 31. And for those of you who can't see, there's a woman uh, kind of in the cave. I, I see this as the cave of dragons. So there's a lot of dragons flying around. There's a boabab tree. She's sitting with these pearls and jewels on her lap. Uh, and, um, we have these legends or this idea that dragons collect, uh, treasure and go back to the treasure. So I find this really uh, fascinating, you know, that, uh, we have this card coming up because to me, when I look at this card, I feel like this is a, a card that, um, recognizes our personal connection to the earth and cosmos, to the magic. So to me, the the being in this card, the the human, is also claiming her um, kind of priestess presence or her magical presence. It's a very divine kind of energy where she sits in the truth of who she is, and she's surrounded by this magic of the jewels, the pearls of her wisdom, the pearls and the wisdom that the uh, dragons bring us as well. So it's an awakening card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you see anything I didn't see, Lou.
0: Um, I don't, but, um, but it did kind of remind me that this, that feels like a very female card to my mind. It also reminds me of game of Thrones yeah. <laughs> of the Khaleesi, the queen of the dragons. And, And she was a very uh, powerhouse um, female character in the Game of Thrones. And um, she kind of flew on the backs of dragons. And it just reminds me of that because this is a very female chart. Um, The the whole month of March is amazingly female. And and so um, that's what it kind of triggered in my mind. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. And those are good points. And I think that the thing to me that is the most... The thing that stands out the most is the stillness of the woman in this space. It's like she knows she belongs here, and this is where her truth comes from. So it's the uh, the um, it's the source of her truth is in this space that is one of those invisible spaces, right? It's not something we have in our normal kind of everyday, and so it's this. This is where we go back to the cave of our truth, the cave of our treasures. The cave of magic. So, um, and I just love it. With we're that.
0: Within ourselves, the cave.
1: Yes, indeed, right? That's the, when we're coming back, when we rest in who we are, so we can um, invite the truth of who we are, our intuition, and what's around us. So, in our stillness, we see what is greater and how we can be part of that. Um, so I, I think that's a, a beautiful kind of uh, message of the this full moon, because the culmination of us knowing who we are. Um, one of the things that strikes me is this, you know, we are in a 12 year, 12 universal year, that's two plus one plus nine, which gives us 12. And one plus two equals three. So we're in that, uh, you know, one, two, three rhythm. One, two, three. We're in the rhythm of focusing and Mm. connecting and then uh, creating from that place. So it's very uh, similar. Mm. And of course, we have the moon at zero degrees. So this is the final of five full moons at zero degrees. And the zero takes us into that pool of reflection in the place of nothingness where new things are being created and because this is the final of five uh it's uh significant you know and having a zero moon is significant Mm. Uh, what i was getting actually when i was looking at the chart before i was getting some messages from the akashic records and one of the things they were saying that i thought was very interesting is this idea that with the the zeros repeating the five which is a number of change right uh, uh, and with the 15s that we've had for the new moons it's really what the what's happening is uh we're being given a way to see the world in a, from a new perspective so mm-hmm. instead of like the the stories we've had are kind of moving away so we can be in the present instead of the past oh that happened to me so it's going to happen again so kind of like The past is kind of moving out of our kind of direct range Mm. Uh, and too much worry about what's going to happen in the future. I've got to do this to get this going. And just bringing us back to that point of stillness, like that woman in the card, right? That point of this is what I have and I can just kind of enjoy the idea of what do I want to bring forward?
0: Mm. Mm. So I wanted to quickly just talk about a couple of tarots while we're kind of on the number um, thing, tarot cards, that is. Um, as Jen said, it's the fifth um, of um, fifth full moon at zero degrees. And to reiterate what we've talked about in previous ones, that's the full tarot. Some of you can see it if it's on YouTube, but if not, it's the full tarot. Just uh, look it up, the full is full of possibilities it's it's um and the zero always reminds me of possibilities and um creation it's it's really kind of a um kind of like let's uh, let's look at all you know let's look at all the possibilities the beginnings so even though a full moon is regularly seen as um kind of a fulfillment it's also a beginning you know new moons it's also the ending and a beginning. Everybody always goes, well, the new moon's a new start and it is, but it's also the ending of an old and a full moon has a similar energy. So here we have the new moons, um, seven of them at 15 degrees, the very middle degree, the pivot degree, which is a change point to my mind, because um, when you reach the middle degree of a sign, you're kind of... a towards the second half of the cycle so um so we're, we're always moving in cycles we're moving We start we end we begin a new one we reach a kind of pivot point in the middle which could be said to be the full moon where you kind of reach some fulfillment and then let go of some other things but um to make space for the new so these are very significant in these in these changing times so I wanted to bring up the fall for you again, um, because it's really, it's kind of our last invitation of these series of lunations that's really asking us to step into these limitless possibilities um, um, of these changing times and march is really significant for this um, in many ways as you'll kind of hear as we go forward the other cards i want to mention um, are the two and the three because we have the all these um energies at 23 degrees and jen's going to talk a little bit about the number 23 as well um, So the two card is the priestess. If you can't see it, if you're just listening, just again, go Google the priestess tarot. And, um, you know, she's a deeply feminine card, the high priestess. She's represented by the moon in the Toth tarot that I use. Um, So that's one of the uh, female um, energies in the uh cosmos, in fact, the moon and Venus were until relatively recently the only um feminine energies in the chart, um, of the planets. That is, and the second card, this sorry, the second female card is the Empress, which is the Venus card, the number three. So again, we have those two kind of original female um, cards um, or planets or luminaries, whichever you want to call them, cosmic bodies coming in to this lunation, um, this deeply female lunation. As um, from my perspective, I look at the whole chart, it's really kind of the um, divine feminine, kind of really stepping into her rightful place um, in the uh, in our psyche, in the cosmos, in everything. So um, I'll expand on that later. I do quickly want to mention, though, before Jen talks about twenty three or whatever she was going to talk about next, um, <laughs> that that the sun is conjunct um, Chiron on this uh, full moon. Now, or Chiron, however you say it. I think I've been saying Chiron and I think it's meant to be Chiron. But it's true. Probably true. Now, Chiron is the key to healing, really. She's, uh, he is the shaman, the maverick shaman, the teacher, uh, the philosopher, um, the healer, the, the herbalist. He was, uh, he was a very clever, clever centaur. Half man, half horse, but with um, the bottom half as a horse, but with the front legs of a man. He was kind of um, the connection, the rainbow bridge between our very human nature and spirit um, or between the animalistic um, energy and the higher energy of a man. And he's a very interesting character. Um, often known as the Wounded Healer, which I kind of feel reduces Ciaran a little bit to um, to something that he's a lot more of, if you like. So he's at one degree of Aries conjunct the sun um, on this full moon. And Aries is um, is really the I am, but it's also the, uh, the very male sign uh, ruled by Mars, the god of war. Aries was the god of war too and um a lot of astrologers consider that Chiron is here is moved into aries for the first time in 51 years to um to help heal the divine masculine as we as the divine feminine rises up there's, we're seeing there's a lot of kind of resistance to it um from uh, the masculine you know there's there's a lot of feeling threatened um by women or the divine feminine taking her rightful place. Um, To add to that, the sun is um, in our cosmology is generally seen as more of a masculine aspect. So here we have Chiron and the sun together at zero and one degrees of Aries. Aries, the first sign, so that's a one too. Um, Saying, let's heal this. And here we have the moon over there in Libra, which is um, ruled by Venus, the original woman. So we have those two cards again coming together where the moon is in a Venus-ruled sign, um, saying, come on, let's heal, let's bring this together. Because the key for an opposition, which is a full moon, is integration of the opposites. So it's a deeply potentially deeply deeply healing for moon from my perspective Mm.
1: yeah i do agree it's deeply healing i think the idea of the zero coming back to zero is that space where nothing has been created is a reminder that it's up to us to create Mm. what is true for us um And one of the key things of understanding that we're in a pool of nothing and everything and the the great collective of, uh, as Lou said, um, infinite possibility, right? So the key here is, yes, we're in this pool of infinite possibility. We're resting at this place, drinking from the water. Uh, but at some point, we have to focus. And that, of course, is the one. The dot in the middle of the zero, which then be- leads into in the line, becomes the one. So I, I think it's highly significant here that we have um, Chiron at the one degree next to the sun uh, with these masculine energies. Uh, but also, for me, I think the idea of having the name, the Wounded Healer, is to remind us that he, Kiron, was an outsider, right? He didn't belong to either camp. And this is our story. Like for each of us, every one of us has a story about being an outsider. And with the moon being in Libra, which is the balance, the scales, it's the the memory or the recognition. Like if we take away all our stories and we come back to the basis of who we are, humans like we're all the same underneath um that is what this moon talks to me about like remembering we're just past the equi- the uh, equinox is it the equinox uh, the um w- the spring equinox the 20th oh, on, the, on the
0: full moon yes we are
1: right so we've just had that so there's that you know the zero degree the aries um the first sign so the sign of light if you think about it if you're going from the dark or the water into the light the first spark of all our history is about the spark of light being able to light a fire and so what I feel like this moon is saying to us is this is this opportunity, right? We have our fertile ground. We're going to lay something new here and we can hark back to the old story, go back to our wounds and all of that, or go, you know what? I'm done being an outsider. I'm the one that decides I belong. And so I'm going to act like I belong and I'm going to move away all those old stories uh, because even as we heal the masculine, divine masculine, you know, the the feminine has as much uh, responsibility for that too. And the number one is about responsibility. It is about lighting our own fire and being willing to go, this is what I'm doing. This is my intention. Like, what are we focusing on? What are we healing? What are we moving towards? What are we balancing? There is all of that energy that's flooding into our being the ability to start over some people say there's a naivete around this i know we've talked about this before for me innocence there's a difference when you have a clean slate where you're not harking on somebody did this to me Mm -hmm. and you come to the table like you don't have any beef about something you just know what you want to create this is like the creation right this is that moment where uh, uh, source or whatever it is like goes into that zero into this pool of yumminess into the pool where everything exists and goes right i'm sparking life and so what are you sparking life about what are you bringing into the picture which i think is really key i just want to talk about the the, the dates the 21st which is the day of this in london when this happens uh universal time uh 21st, so 21 makes a 3, 2 plus 1, and 21 is the number of truth. So there we have that saying, the truth will set us free, our truth. So when we're talking about our truth, we're talking about what are we sparking? What we, what flame are we lighting? Where are we putting our energy? What truth do we want to bring to life? Because this is about growth. This is about making choices. So uh, And especially having Chiron right. Chiron right next to the sun. It's amazing, right? We have uh, this energy of the first house, the first energy just being lit by this uh, idea of not only being in balance, we've got all these female signs. Of course, Libra is a female ruled by Venus. We have the two cards that Lou mentioned and plus mm-hmm. a lot of female energy that is... You know, we've got to think about this, that the male and female energy is all here. All the stars, the universe is all here to help us come to terms with this moment, with this mm-hmm. present being.
0: Mm. And then, of course, I've, I've, I've briefly mentioned Uranus in Taurus. Um, It kind of makes me laugh, actually. It's it's kind of awkward aspects. Uh, There's a semi-sextile from the sun to Uranus in Taurus. But that also means there's a quincunx or um, inconjunct aspect from the moon to Uranus in Taurus. So that's kind of a disruptive aspect, both of them. Um, The semi-sextile is quite uh, a spiritual aspect. But I just want to laugh because I saw a post on Facebook by Stephen Forrest. Um, He's the evolutionary astrologer whose kind of um, work um, I'm in the lineage of, one of um, my teachers, as it were. And um, he posted a... um, a meme with pictures of you know these new congresswomen we have in the united states um looking all serious and like you know they're gonna kind of kick butt basically <laughs> and then uh, alongside pictures of men like um r kelly crying um kavanaugh kind of crying all these men really angry and crying and uh, it says we'd better not put a woman in charge they're just too emotional <laughs> But his his comment with it was Uranus in Venus ruled Taurus. So incidentally, the moon's in Libra, Venus ruled. Uranus is in Taurus, Venus ruled. Um, Venus is at 23, Aquarius. We're moving into the age of Aquarius. But he says, watch the old myths hit the brick wall of reality. And I was just like, oh, bam. That's kind of like, you know. So when we talk about healing the masculine and, um, healing our identities, it's within all of us, you know, we tell we tell ourselves stories that when we we women are all emotional and soft, and nice and things. Well, that's not always true. Is it? We have the masculine is in us too, you know? So this, uh, we've said it before. We'll say it many times. I'm sure this is not about men versus women, <laughs> though in some cases it is
1: yes but it is about the roles that we've assumed we've assumed we've named these roles and um we've kind of we're standing with shields behind the shield saying this is the battle and now we need to go back to the drawing table and go is this really the battle i want to be fighting Mm -hmm. so this where i want to put my energy trying to prove to man i'm strong or i'm weak or i'm this or i'm that uh, I think the downfall of females has been about this idea of getting the attention of men mm-hmm. uh, and being willing to sacrifice everything to have a man you know find you attractive or 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 see you as uh, somebody who 's a fighter and and Of course, you know to me, I feel like all of this is just being swept away. And here we have a new slate
0: and we've got to stop worrying about what other people think about us. And conversely, you know, the stories men tell themselves, you know, that they have to be the alpha male to impress women.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Or they need to
0: bring home the bacon or any of
1: that stuff, because that's all nonsense. And the thing that's interesting is when we're looking at Libra, there's that aspect of the other, right? Our relationship to the other. The Aries is us and our relationship and our body and how we see the world, right? How the world sees us. And then conversely is this zero degree to kind of think about how we see the other. So Mm. if we could see the other as, you know, an energy that is willing for us to be who we are and not get so caught up in, you know, how they are labeling us, it does give us a giant sense of freedom,
0: and of course you know it's not only the other as in the other person libra it's it's the it's the natural world too, it's also our disowned self, the parts of ourselves we don't like, so it's anything that we kind of other
1: <laughs> right you know,
0: yeah. So it's our relationship to all those things. That's
1: right. This is all about our relationship, our relationship to our thoughts, our beliefs, our responses, uh, what we think other people are doing. And this is, you know, I feel like this is like, you know, a sense of freedom, especially with Uranus now, also still at zero degrees in Taurus. Mm. This kind of bringing in some kind of flowering or seeding into the female form. Like you have, the opportunity now to innovate bring mm-hmm. in new ideas break through those things but we don't break through those things by telling people look at me I'm breaking through this no. mm-hmm. you know but I mean this is how we in our minds sometimes we think that's what it is but the innovators are the people that are doing things that don't care about how it looks to the outside mm-hmm. and that's really what's true for all of us uh, I, I wanted to address the 23. Mm. as you mentioned, so we don't forget about it. Um, that I, I love the idea that the 23 is present and so fascinating that we have the two female tarot cards, except for the moon, right, that mm. are the two and three side-by-side, side, rest of male forms. Mm. Um, and, of course, uh, the two is about our connection. It's about separation and uh, bringing balance, right? And the three is about the creativity, the playfulness, mm-hmm. the joy. So it's that idea of what we create together, right? When you put the two and three together, it's what are you creating? You have a five. You have that energy of uh, you know, when you look at the five, it's on a rocker, it's open on both sides. It's all about the momentum of change. And one of the key things here, especially when we're looking at the 23, because the 23 is considered the strongest number in numerology, which is, wow, that's kick ass. Like if you're the strongest number, well, hey, no one else can beat you. But what does that mean? Because, again, we have a lot of thought around competition or mm-hmm or how I look in the world, or what am I going to get for this? And what the 23 does, you know, it actually, the word life adds up to 23. This is about the truth of life is being present in this moment. And when you're present in this moment, you have immense courage. So Mm -hmm. it's a number of high intuition in the sense that you know what you need to do to connect and to be playful or be joyful or express who you are right? You know, there's a part of you that you need to tap into so you can generate it. But there is also that courage it takes to defy convention, mm-hmm. which is key to the 23, like to have courage, you know, the meaning of courage, to core cool the heart in Latin is to wear your heart on your sleeve. So to be vulnerable and be open, say what you really think do what you really believe in and just follow your intuition, follow your guidance, follow what's unfolding in front of you instead of, uh, oh, I've got to do it. So I'll look good because Mm -hmm. ultimately the five is about uh, not just change, but being present because that's the only thing that exists is the present moment. If you act from the present moment, then, you won't be bringing all your baggage into the room.
0: Mm. So I want to talk a little bit about the energies that are around 23 degrees, because um, I'm actually writing and uh, trying to get an article written about this as well for my blog. But um, it's, it's there's so much going on. So on this full moon, I mentioned that we had certain energies at 23 degrees. Um, Kind of the key um, energy that's triggering all this is the goddess Eris at 23 Aries. She has a 560 year orbit. So she moves very slowly. She moved into Aries back in 1927. So she's in Aries for most of our... For most of us, basically, we have um, Eris in Aries. Now, she's the goddess of discord. She's famously known for throwing the apple um, of discord into the group of gods and goddesses because she wasn't invited to their party because she was seen as um, kind of discordant, horrible energy. They didn't want her at the party, so she was never invited to play. Um, And, you know, of course, the apple is a motif that's been gone go gone, run through myths for centuries and centuries that usually represents the woman um usually has been portrayed as um as uh, you know a discordant bad kind of energy you know eve picked the apple off the tree of knowledge and gave it to adam and so there came the fall all that kind of energy if you cut an apple um sideways vertically it actually looks like a vulva the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the in the middle of it. So the app, it, they've got all this energy going on, and I discovered just today that Eris um, is associated with the number twenty three, and here she is at twenty three degrees, and um, we've got all this energy converging at this twenty three degrees, which Jen has already talked about the number, and shortly after. In fact, just a week after this full moon, we have a perfecting a cardinal grand cross with Eris opposing Pallas Athena, the owl. (laughs) She's uh, the goddess of wise justice and squaring the lunar nodes. Uh, But of course, it's not just squaring those. This grand cross is in play now as we record this on uh, March the 11th. eris is opposing asteroid lilith who is the physical manifestation of lilith and a lot of evolutionary astrologers believe that she is the real whole total um lilith the original woman and um and they're both squaring the nodes and of course pluto is in capricorn next to the south node uh, and saturn is coming in to join it and on march the 29th the moon will have moved round to be conjunct all those energies and she will be occulting saturn and pluto that day she will be eclipsing saturn and pluto in capricorn so i could go on and on and on about this but what <laughs> i'm gonna but what i'm trying to say is we have Pallas athena goddess eris goddess uh, lilith goddess um as on the full moon venus who's one of the original feminine energies in the chart is at 23 Aquarius on the 29th um, black moon Lilith will be at that same degree, 23 degrees Aquarius. So we've got the 23 showing up over and over and over again. And because it's all helping us to evolve um, or giving us opportunities to evolve, all this goddess energy Is really pointing to the North Node in Cancer, which will be at 23 degrees on the 29th, and um, is Moon ruled Cancer. (laughs) So it's I always kind of feel like that we're just the goddess is rising. She's taking her equal place. This this grand this full moon is part of this push to heal the balance of masculine and feminine within each of us to move forward to knowing that we are one big family and if you think about the um the the symbol for pisces for sorry for cancer the north node in cancer it's the two fish swimming the other way that's that got appropriated by christianity basically but um but really if you think about the men the man and woman kind of spooning each other really you know it's kind of like on the other side it's coming together it's almost like the yin yang zing, um, symbol um so we're coming together into like this perfect balance of the opposites or we having having been given the opportunity to do so i should say <laughs> by by this powerful number 23 showing up over and over again and i do really think that eris is kind of one of the pivot points she she moved into Aries at the, uh, you know, just after um, the 19th Amendment, giving women the right to vote was ratified in the USA. She's kind of a women's liver, really. <laughs> well,
1: yes. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at the, the you know, her story as she was the outsider, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And.
1: um she chose to, uh, uh, and she, by being the outsider, it gave her a different role. And from mm-hmm. the stories, she chose to be discordant, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people also say she's the sister of uh, Mars, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so there is this aspect that I think is, for me, when I listen to you talking, what you know keeps coming up for me is this idea that how do we become who we are? So a lot of our society has rested on this idea of we've got to follow what other people have done. And this is what it looks like to be a woman. And this is what it looks like to be a man, blah, 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 et cetera. Uh, but really what's happening here is by uh, just these energies of the female taking this place and these um, kind of sidelined goddesses or sidelined energies coming forward to speak and convene. They're saying you need to kind of take up the battle uh, for yourself and for what you believe in. Put the energy towards um, what you wanna bring. And when I think about Eris, for me, this is this energy of her uh, kind of throwing in the apple was really to make people think. Right, that was about making people think. She was a changing uh, uh, situations, the same as the Trojan horse. That was uh, uh, taking an idea of all these people who thought no one can get in, we're safe, right? But then you do something like you offer a gift that people have never seen, and suddenly they embrace it. So Mm -hmm. how can we bring in that that idea without being destructive? You know, that's a key that. really is the essence of the 23 this number which brings life because we're being creative and we're being open
0: well the funny thing was in the myth of eris she she threw the apple in and on it was written um who is the fairest and even uh, the interpretation of the myth throughout the centuries has has been interesting because it was taken to mean who's the most beautiful (laughs) now if you think really of the word fairest and um, eris um, is opposing libra at the moment it's who is the most fair balanced just you know who you know because eris is quite a benevolent figure really she's known as discordant but she's kind of just she causes discord where people are kind of Full of artifice and fakery and uh you know that she she just shakes the apple cart basically she's yeah. not she 's not discordant in a destructive way <laughs> well,
1: I guess it depends who you speak to, but the bottom line her role, and that 's the role of any discord is. Mm to make people think so people stop and go mm-hmm. right and you get to interpret which is really what's happening now we get to interpret how we're going to use this energy mm-hmm. are we going to use it to go okay what would uh, shift this world we're living in to make things fairer for mm-hmm. everyone or oh i want to look the best right so i'm going to do whatever i can to look the best like this is free will in action, right? It's the idea. And to me, that's the 23 two It's this idea of us being given opportunities, but we have to decide what it means. And we have to decide what are we battling about? Like the people decided it meant who's the most beautiful and they were battling over the, mm-hmm. the uh, to be the most beautiful. Like we have to remember that it's, us that decides what our battle is about and if it's worth um this energy
0: i should clarify when i say she's not a discordant energy i generally, i actually mean astrologically because, uh, yeah. because um you know it's been shown that generally when she triggers things it's it's not a, a violent kind of bad feeling energy uh, oh that's good yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah. well i think that's probably true like i know uh, every one of these planets or stars or whatever they are have names Mm -hmm. that have a history right Mm -hmm. and that history has a history of um, what the interpretation it's been interpreted that this is what this means Mm -hmm. and i don't say that the that the the history of these people doesn't have or these uh, beings doesn't have some energy. However, mm-hmm. we get to to focus on what we focus on. You know, we can know people and say focus on the nasty things about them, or we can focus on what what are they doing that's actually helping the world and us because mm-hmm. everyone's doing stuff, right? So it's how we name it that I think is uh, key here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about Ceres because I think that's Mm -hmm. a a really important aspect here. She's the biggest dwarf planet. Mm -hmm. And she's close to our orbit, right? Closer than a lot of the others. She's equal to Pluto. And remember, she was married to, and it was her brother, Jupiter. 13 degrees. Now, one of the key things about uh, Ceres is that um she is the mother of grain, she's the mother of fertility, right? So she creates famine and feast. And um that's very powerful, I think, because at thirteen degrees that's the feminine number, that's the divine feminine number.
0: She's Sagittarius, by the way. Yes. This
1: is a I think this is a key. It's almost like she's the mother of all mm. of these. coming back like she's the one that's reminding us of what does it mean to be fertile Mm -hmm. and what are we kind of watering with this Mm -hmm. fertility what are we growing you know what crops are we growing Uh, that and she's kind of it's like there's a meeting of all of these women right well i say woman but (laughs)
0: beings right All
1: these parts uh, of these yes vester and and you know it's so fascinating she's at 13 which is such a powerful number and then uh, many of these other females are 23 so it's like yes i'm gathering the forces what are we what are we uh, you know what are we fertilizing what are we bringing to life what are we deciding about this and kind of opening us up to this idea of being mothered by this uh, this phenomena of this moon, right? We're being mothered into this idea that we can do things mm-hmm. and we can do them differently. But I, I think the key here is when you look at the two and the three and you look at all of these uh, planets, is recognizing the power of the female. It's not just in uh, the sweetness or the kindness or the fact that they can bear children. But that they are warriors too like we have it in us and so we must embrace it in a way that creates what we desire
0: definitely i just remembered something as well as you were talking and something that doesn't show up on my software um so it's not in the chart that jen and i are looking at but um another dwarf planet um Humea, yes um, yeah. is i think she's also at 23 degrees libra right, right. <laughs>
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: And she's the goddess of birth, basically, or fertility. So she's birthing the new. So, and there's another one for you. I just wanted to bring. Them. No,
1: no, that's good, right? And we should actually count how many females there are at the 23.
0: On the full moon chart, there is one, two, three. Oh, Mars is as well, though. So it's almost like the yeah. women are taking it to uh, the male. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, you know, and remember, I think I said last time that it feels like Mars is supporting or one of them. Mars, yeah. and you know, the male energy. Yeah. Look, Jupiter's a twenty-three-two. They also are supporting. If we think about healing yeah. the masculine, why wouldn't the masculine want to? Oh, absolutely,
0: support, absolutely. right.
1: This yeah. change, this idea of freedom, of mm-hmm. uh, the breath of life,
0: and uh, Mars is in a. a an earth sign and um i think it was saturn was supporting last time as well mars and saturn were supporting um kind of the um the new moon but of course you know here we have mars at 23 in a in an earth sign venus ruled sign which is um a feminine sign we have pluto and saturn over there in capricorn and all earth signs are uh, feminine so there we go there they're there. So yeah, I believe you're right. They are supporting. um,
1: Yeah. I mean, this is it. If we think about the uh, balanced or harmonized male and female energy, the yin and yang, then Mm. why wouldn't we all work together? I mean, this is the bottom line, right? We want to to bring in the different discordant pieces of ourselves Mm. and the discord that we have amongst each other and find that, energy which i think we have an opportunity like if we uh take this opportunity to find ways to diffuse uh, mm. discord yeah we will, you know it'll save us a lot of suffering if we choose not to and we're just going to go hell for leather i want my revenge i want to prove you know i'm going to make my presence felt in this way and punish others or whatever we call it uh, it will take, you know, we're going to have a different experience and, a, you know, a violent experience.
0: Or you can cause the clever discord that's not, um, I, I always think of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez when um, I think of Eris. You mm. know, she's saying, and of course, she's not the only one. There's um, there's Omar as well, Ilhan Omar and, the, well, there's a couple of them. But they're doing it by um, speaking the truth and by, uh, so there's a lot of people don't like them because they're speaking the truth and causing discord but it's kind of necessary discord and they're doing it with big smiles on their faces
1: (laughs) i think you bring up an interesting point because this is what we were saying about the intelligence of uh, eris right and some of the others energies is you don't have to beat somebody up to Change the world, right? And in fact, that just doesn't do anything. But if you bring intelligence and smarts and patience and humor into the situation and curiosity, that's a key. It's a key energy of the year and a key energy to go, I'm curious about, you know, and asking those kind of hard hitting questions in a very kind of practical way and not being uh, sidelined, right? So that's the difference is when you know, like, They know what they're there to do. They know they have the Mm -hmm. education and the intelligence and um, the backing of people to ask these questions. So we all have to kind of put ourselves in their shoes in a way about our own lives and go, oh, I know what I need to. And if I don't, I can ask somebody, go do some research. Give me the right questions. Mm -hmm. Where do I want to be hard hitting so I can be impactful? instead of wasting my energy just blaming somebody else right i think that's a, a key thing when you talk about alexandria uh, cortez um is and the other woman right is what they're doing is they're using their resources wisely and they're not getting distracted
0: yes yes which could be said what eris was doing in the first place
1: right exactly oh, I mean, that was just uh Right. She found, if you think about just listening to those stories, whatever you think around them, but the idea of rolling, everyone was fighting in that story about whatever, and just rolling in the apple and saying, well, who's the fairest of us all? Just changed the whole conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and God t- people doing different. Yes.
0: Talking of curiosity, though, I did want to mention that, um but the full moon is on is on um the equinox as jen said marked just after the equinox and uh, mercury is stationing um direct a week afterwards so we've got this whole period around the full moon and this grand cross that we've talked about the cardinal grand cross with the goddesses all taking their thing and here's mercury the curious the messenger um stationing um conjunct neptune where the incidentally the last new moon was <laughs> at uh 16 degrees of pisces in the, the most um in the sign of the collective the muse the mystery the connection with spirit so you know kind of all this is saying the curiosity is not about asking other people it's taking us into um this can this spiritual space or inner space meditative space really or however you see god really i don't see it as out there i see it as within us um you know is saying ask these questions and also incidentally mercury <laughs> mercury is um Represented by the magician tarot card, which is the number one. So we here we have zero, one, two, three. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and that's a fascinating point. As you were talking, I remember I forgot to mention one key thing about series that I think is important, as well as the moon, as these are. They represent the people. They don't represent the people on top. They are speaking for the people. Mm-hmm. So we have all the support, right? And with Mercury, well, right now for this full moon, is 18 degrees. Now, this is a uh, 18 universal day for this full moon. So that's uh, very interesting because 18 mm-hmm. is a number of, it's a nine. It's about releasing our to me, the egoic aspect that is in charge. Like when we are ruled by our ego, uh, then we make uh, like false choices. Like we don't take responsibility for our choices and our beliefs. We, We kind of get confused. And so remembering to let go and that's how we recognize we're all part of the same group is by getting curious. Mm. Not being uh, dominant. What's the word? Like, what's the opposite of curious? It's like when you're rigid and you're like, "This is what it is." Right? There is
0: dogmatic. That... There we go. Dogmatic.
1: Yes. Dogmatic. Exactly. So this is the difference. Is when you're in uh, with Mercury being that close to um, Neptune, mm-hmm. an opportunity to see where we've been dogmatic, see where we've fooled ourselves and uh, let all that stuff come rising to the surface so we can instead of denying it and saying oh that's not true they would never do this (laughs) going this is the way it is and how do we change it what do we want different
0: i love kind of always i always fascinates me and this is what keeps me with astrology forever and ever because the the universe there's obviously some kind of design here because there's always everything always leads into the other one and it's giving That's us all these opportunities to grow and evolve it's whether we take those opportunities there's a there's another matter but <laughs> jen and i kind of aim to help you see what the universe is telling us so
1: yes Exactly, recognizing your right to be a, a, an individual in the collective. You know, mm. really understanding what that means for you. Going inward to that idea of whatever source is for you, and mm. you know, just like the picture we started off with, the woman in that cave, it's kind of like that. Mm. Coming back and sitting with that idea: what is important to me? What do I believe? Where do I want to put my energy? Mm. Uh, and focus so i can uh, express myself you know what i want to express my truth
0: now i'm wondering if we should move on oh shall we do uh, the question first of yes, all yes
1: yes question.
0: so we had a question from melanie and Melanie asked, do you find there are often similarities between a person's sign or more dominant planets and their sole or main numerology number? I'd say yes.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Like, with, yeah. I'm not a
0: numerologist, though. I just know my numbers. <laughs> yes.
1: Right. I mean, we can look at what we know. Yeah. The truth is that all divinations overlap. So um, there is always a connection. And um, it might not be obvious. That's kind of the thing. It's not always obvious. But definitely it's true. Like um, like for you, Louise, right? Mm-hmm. One of your main numbers is a five, right? Mm-hmm. And that's definitely part of who you are, the need for freedom and for...
0: Um, and because I have five well i have to tell people i have sagittarius jupiter is associated with five i believe right and jupiter is yeah. my ruling planet anyway i have mercury mars <laughs> jupiter Pallas, athena sun ascendant and you know i think a couple of others all in sagittarius jupiter is my ruling planet because it rules my ascendant and i am a five life path number so i am like a five in every way so
1: yeah and it shows up in your chart as well as your uh, numerology yes uh, yeah right exactly so there's always a link it's just like sometimes it's not as obvious uh but there is and of course the numbers on your chart also influence um I think sometimes we can get very confused because there's some rigid uh, structures about what it means, and so we might feel like that doesn't relate to me. Like, Mm. my destiny number is a 31, which is um, 4, 13, no, sorry, it's 13, Mm. which is 4, and I don't resonate with the typical four, but then it's my destiny. So remembering that the number of the destiny is also about what we're here. That's a potential to create. It doesn't mean it's true, right? So we've also got to understand what they mean. And, um, you know, I'm a Taurus and, uh, There's a lot of me that is about this idea of structure. I love people. I'm very practical. Like I'm, you know, one of those practical mystics. I like, what is all this about? But then what are we going to do with it? It's not just out there, right? Which is very much about the four. I'm connected to the earth. The four is about the earth. It's about creating structure, Mm -hmm. having a plan, And I will say as well
0: to answer, Melanie, that yes, I think we've answered the numbers and um, the astrology. Uh, But I will say that any other divination, you know, I have a friend who does hand analysis that ties in as well. The universe is all connected. All these things, all the like, as we've proved the tarot as well. You know, the cards always tie in with what's happening in the astrology as well. It's uh, right. Yeah.
1: That's right. Every divination is a different part because uh, we may not resonate with all divination tools, divinationary tools. We may not have access to it. But if you look across the board, if you map it out, there is uh, incredible similarities. And even more powerful, I found when I've done numerology for people, like especially when I'm looking at their chart, uh, it's incredible to see how the numbers can reveal, um, you know, and deepen the relationship to Mm. you know yourself because we're complex beings like it's not like we're just like one little box there's many pieces that fit in
0: it's a complex universe and you know if you really want to go down lots of rabbit holes you know it's all about numbers and math really astrology is math um, how the cycles move is math and w- our body's math it's all to do with like the Fibonacci sequence and all those things uh, they all relate they all tie in at the bottom yeah exactly.
1: I, I say and I believe that numerology or numbers is the first uh, original way for the universe to communicate with us mm-hmm. because we all have numbers in everything right even if you do nothing else numbers will come in your life and so uh, it's key right yeah it's and it's a fascinating to see like you know when i'm talking about stuff and you say it's the same message even though we're talking up from two different
0: um... but they're the same thing really <laughs> yeah. because i look at you know the astrology and uh, everything's at a certain degree it's all to do with numbers again so yeah so it's all anyway i think we an- hopefully we answered your question um and you know on that note you know i want to repeat that we'd love to answer a question in an episode so weirdly podcast at gmail.com send us your questions and we'll pick one at random on each episode so probably yeah. t- the symbols I think I think
1: so and thanks for your question Melanie yes
0: thank you I know Melanie always has a lot of questions she has Gemini moon like I do <laughs> endlessly <laughs> curious <laughs> Wonderful.
1: Wonderful to be curious am I going first or yes you? you can go first for so the Sabian symbol so Libra one degree a butterfly made perfect by a dot through it this is a symbol of completely unconditioned potentiality as this may be grasped on the imaginative side of life here are elements of individual consciousness emerging from a primordial time formlessness and of wisdom developing through the human spirit's continual determination to project itself into experience each person comes into identifiable being through the nature which has been moulded for her and thereupon refines us for her own self-expression. Mm-hmm. The key word is articulation mm-hmm. when positive, the degree is met is woman's awakening to the need for some more whole-souled focus of character and when negative, the loss of all true selfhood by a needless surrender to the world and conformity to its ways.
0: Mm, there was that word again, possibilities right. and, and it shows up in this Chandra symbol as well. So I'll read that. So the symbol itself is a group of fat Italian ladies preparing bread, um, archetypal, universal and diffuse allegiances, activities and realms of experience becoming camouflaged perfectly by adopting a persona that is wondrously engaging and easily connected with, putting it on a bit heavy, thick grease paint. So this is kind of, to my mind, talking about that revealing what's behind. Anyway, you exult in getting away with seeming to be the world's most anonymous person. The disguise can stick to the face. Overt consciousness awash in mass identification. At times you are able to penetrate through and find open possibilities, but you are primarily engrossed in the outer and alive to the advertised sensations of what it is like to be popular, well-received and simply welcome wherever you go as part of the mix and no problem at all. I actually take that as a warning too <laughs> to not um be engrossed in the outer and trying to impress the other all the time because you don't put on the thick grease paint and camouflage yourself personally
1: yeah, right. that was interesting. They were both similar in what we talked about this idea of um you know articulating what is true for you and not getting caught up in the fake or the you know the symbols of what we think just like in luxury or something the symbol is to have a big house or a big car or something like that yeah. and the symbols don't actually fulfill you
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they won't get you where you need to go right
0: exactly and exactly why eris threw the apple <laughs> Because they will like prone to impress each other, the other gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. But anyway. Okay, Jen, do you want to remind everybody where they can find you? Sure. Um,
1: you can find me, uh, my website is jendushen.com. My group on Facebook, the free one is uh, the Light Club of the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. And of course you can Google me. I'm pretty much all over the place.
0: And you can find me, my website is louiseeddington.com. Again, my books, Modern Astrology. My free Facebook group is Planetary Magic Cafe. Um, Jen and I both offer uh, for a variety of ways to work with us. If you want to check out our websites and, um, And a reminder that we um, now have a Patreon, Patreon patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. And just $5 a month, you'll get kind of first dibs on the, on the podcasts. And once we only get to 10, only 10 uh, patrons will start creating some patron only comment, uh, content, content. Comments and content. (laughs) Oh, I like to remind everybody all the time that Net June is still squaring all my stuff. Will be for ages, so I have a. It's like, and this full moon is on my moon's nodes, and everything's hitting my charts. It's wonderfully weirdly magical, I have to say, but sometimes confusing.
1: (laughs) We all need confusion to help us think different it's, it's, like, it's like the apple
0: i'm embracing the confusion but um, it sometimes makes me spit my words and
1: <laughs> i get it you know yeah. in many ways words are irrelevant but Exactly. Communicate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's goodbye from lou and goodbye from jen